Breadbox Media Programming is brought to you by Catholic Singles. Every day, hundreds of Catholic singles join CatholicSingles.com for faith, fellowship, and love. Breadbox Media listeners get 20% off by using the promo code BREADBOX when they register. Come be our next success story at CatholicSingles.com. Looking for a way to build daily prayer discipline? Seen the rise in mindfulness meditation, but not sure if it is possible to meditate in a way that's consistent with your Catholic faith? Just looking for a way to breathe new life into your existing prayer routine? No matter what you're looking for, Hollow is here to help. Hollow is a Catholic prayer and meditation app that helps users deepen their relationship with God through audio-guided contemplative prayer sessions. From meditations on the daily gospel to the rosary to daily examines, Hollow has something for everyone. Hollow is the number one Catholic app in the U.S. It is free to download and has permanently free content, but you can also check out all of the premium sessions for 30 days, risk-free, by signing up at www.hollow.com. Dot app slash breadbox. Praised be Jesus Christ. Now and forever. I'm Alexandra Sullivan. And I'm Father Connolly. Welcome to Raising Saints, Helping Kids Hear God's Voice. We're a priest and a mom who are eager to do our best to answer kids' questions about God, the church, the faith, and more. Most importantly, to help them to grow in their relationship with God and ultimately hear His voice. Father Connolly. Hello, Mrs. Sullivan and Mrs. O'Connor. How are you? Good. Good. We're sharing a microphone, so. Hi, Mrs. O'Connor. Yes, good afternoon. This is very exciting. Glad to be here with you. Oh, so folks, we are joined by the eminent school nurse of St. Dennis St. Columbus School, Cynthia O'Connor. Um, you know, we had a few episodes uh, before that began our vocations series, we talked to Sister Marie Pappas about what is it like to be a religious sister. Um, and now we're, we're very blessed to be able to talk to Cynthia today about being the mom of a religious sister. Right. So we're looking forward very much to our conversation. Uh, but let's pray first, okay? Yes, and forgive my scratchy throat today, would you? It's much better now. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. God, our Father, we thank you today for vocations. We thank you for the holy people who choose to become priests and religious, and we thank you for their families who foster their vocations. And we pray that you grant families the grace to see and discern when their children may be called to a vocation, and we pray for your guidance and your grace that they may pursue that. And we ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, Cynthia, thank you for being here. My pleasure. So 
real quickly, tell us about your family, your, who you're married to, how many children you have. Uh, yes, yes. Give us a little background. Okay, so um, I've been married 33 years, my husband, Jim, and we have four children, and we have five grandchildren, newest one three weeks ago. Yeah. So, yes, and uh, my daughter, Anna, is now Sister Claire. She is in the order the Franciscan Sisters of the Martyr St. George. Mouthful. Mm-hmm. Um, and she lives in uh, Champaign, Illinois right now. Do they have a nickname, by the way? As you said, it's a right, mouthful. Right. Right? Do they, are they called any? Or something. We, do, no. we do abbreviations. And, <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's long. And how long has um, your daughter been well, in the order? Anna entered in 2016. And she just recently, this summer, took first vows. So you enter as a postulant, Mm -hmm. and then two years later, first vows, and then now final vows will probably be in another five years. Mm. Can you tell us a little bit about uh, those different stages? You mentioned that first she was a postulant, and now she's taken first vows. And um, you know, from your uh, perspective, your what's your understanding of what does it mean to be a postulant? Right, I have learned a whole new language. Yeah, yeah. I never knew any of this <laughs> at all. So yeah, this was um, this was all new. I never got it right. Novice, I thought was first. It's not. I didn't know. So um, right, the postulant, she goes in her very first year and does not have the habit. She just wears a jumper. And uh, then once you become a novice, your first year, you get the habit and you're received into the order. And that was a spectacularly beautiful event. That Mm. is nothing short of a wedding. Mm. That was in a church. All our family, we were grateful that many got to come out. My mom, so her grandmother was there. Her godson was only two. Joseph Mm. Anthony Mm. was there. We all went out. And that's being received into the order for this particular order. You come up the aisle in your jumper, and you're holding your habit. There were at least 30 priests on the altar, um, bishops. That, I mean, it was, it was a, a big deal. She came up with her habit. The bishop blessed the habit, saying, these are the garments of your salvation. Mm. She turned around, walked back down the aisle, we waited only to see her walk up in the habit. It is a true mm. marriage to Jesus mm. right there. Yeah. Um, right down to the veil, right? right down to the right. veil yeah. that never comes off yeah. Yeah. in this case. So <laughs> that's, yeah, that's the difference there. But no, yeah, so it was beautiful. It was So that was her big thing. And then her first vows were just this summer, which um, also extremely important but less dramatic to us as the family just physically you know because she already so she went from a white veil to a black veil got the crucifix and um all joy nothing but joy for anna slash sister claire do you know why she chose the name sister claire um anna is a twin and uh, her brother Alex, and when they were picking confirmation names, they did Claire and Francis. Oh, yeah, the best friends there. Aww. So, and it really uh, it, it turned out to be a big part of who she is, and it, it made sense that she would be Claire. Yeah. Oh, that's a nice story. Mm-hmm. Do you have you want to ask another question, or can I just? I'll roll. Okay. Um, 
as a mom, I'm curious what your family prayer life was like that um, she felt open to the call to religious life. That's a great question. <laughs> that is a really great question. Um, so going back, let's see, how can I answer this? Um, we were uh, certainly, you know, loved our faith. We're certainly believers. There's mm-hmm. never a thing. And we did the Sundays and we did, we were not um, overzealous. Mm-hmm. And people have told me, certain priests al- along the way have said they felt that that was the reason that she was open to it rather than there's a certain point that you get to, I don't want to say force it, Mm -hmm. but we, you know, she knew we were believers. She knew we were devout in our, in our way, but I can't say Alexandra that we were on every retreat and we were the way she even, um, what was introduced to religious life was father Justin was here in Mm -hmm. the school, like father Connolly now, and he saw something in Anna when she was here at St. Columba in about the sixth, seventh grade. Mm. So he decided to, he introduced her to the Sisters of Life, Okay. who then came into our life. And I said to him, I just thought he wanted to show us a beautiful order, which yeah. they are. Yeah. So wonderful. So little did I know, and this is going to vocations and Father Connolly preaches about, you really do need someone to see something and then maybe plant a seed. Yeah. I think that's a great thing. It can come about vocation stories are the best. Mm. They're just like when I visit with Anna's orders and you say, how did, you know, they all tell how, you know, those are the best. It's mm. like, how did you meet your husband? How did you, whatever. But these stories are fantastic. It doesn't have to be somebody who says, I think you have a calling, yeah. but it helps. And in this case, it did. Father Justin saw he didn't say it to us as parents. Okay. He just started having us go apple picking with them, having the, us help out with them. And then I've still never been apple picking at all. Just okay. so, so good for you. I'm so glad. Yep, yep, it was great. Wait, you know, I actually know where they go apple picking. So I'll call them in the oh, fall and we'll set it up. It's a beautiful thing to see their rosaries hanging in the trees, praying, oh. singing on the hayride. Yeah. yeah. What a witness they are. So okay. that is something to do. Mental note. Mental We're saying life. it on the podcast. Mm. Sisters of life, please invite father Connolly apple picking. Yeah, you have to do it. You have to do it. Yeah. <laughs> It's a good thing. So I didn't know as we were getting involved with them that that was his plan, that he thought Anna was going Mm. that way. And then when she graduated, our principal at the time, Sister Ann, said to me, give your daughter my number. And I said, well, that's nice. You know, she won a great award, uh, Sister Ann's parents' award at graduation. Mm. So I thought it was that. And she said, no, give give her my number. I think she has a calling. Mm. Truthfully, at that time, I did not think a thing about it. She was certainly a very good girl. She has always been a good girl. She is a kind-hearted person, yeah. but it never entered our mind yeah. until a little bit later. Yeah. Wow. Your turn. So when this started, started to develop, mm-hmm. right, this was all while she was here in, in, in our school, which is a junior high. How did that work out for her, you know, into high school and, yeah. and even, even college yeah, or, right. you know, um, yeah. what was, the, what did that look like 
And I'd love to hear, especially from, from a mom's point of view, you know, what right. did you see yeah. going on in well, your daughter's yes. life? Well, then, no, that, and it is interesting because being that she's a twin, mm. um, so they both go off to high school and Alex did the normal, you know, well, they both were sports kids. Anna was, played tennis, was a great tennis player, and Alex did his thing, baseball. So Alex would have activities, and Anna's activities <laughs> were always very, very different. Mm. Anna, where are you staying after school besides tennis? Um, you know, putting up flags for the unborn. I'm standing in front of Planned Parenthood today um, with my one friend, Jake, every Monday for an hour. I'm going to adoration. I'll be back. I mean, of course, there I'm saying, oh, <laughs> you know, good for her. But that still doesn't mean you're going right. to be right. religious life. That In fact, I know a lot of people um, can feel sort of uh, like they're a commodity, right? If they're, uh, whether young men or young women, um, if they show any signs of devotion, of faith, then, then you know, oh, so you're going to be a priest. Right. Oh, you're going to be a, a right. religious Maybe not, Maybe but not. so I'm sure that was right. Absolutely. And, and... But, I, but at that time, I did start to say to myself, oh, mm -hmm. you know, this is interesting. These are yeah. the things she's interested in. She's more comfortable in this lane than the kids that start to reach, you know, think about doing their partying and doing this stuff. That was not her, her lane. So that was definitely an indication. And then she, um, then, and then the other interesting thing that I learned, I have learned more from Anna than probably anyone on this path that mm -hmm. I will say for sure. Mm -hmm. And um, the graces that have come from her vocation beyond what I would think. Mm -hmm. uh, it really is an amazing thing. But one thing I learned was the misconception that, oh, well, probably she didn't have, because I even had teachers say to me along the way, do not worry. She's not, she'll find a boyfriend. <laughs> Do not worry. She probably, so the, the misconception of, you know, maybe she it doesn't have a boyfriend, so naturally you run to the convent. Right. So that's what people think, <laughs> you know. So, of course, she mm. didn't find one, so you mm. should go in the convent. Right. Au contraire. Yeah. Um, she had a boyfriend that I do love to talk about him. <laughs> and, yes, their dates were, were adoration, pizza, home, you know, at bowling, mm. Made a plan, parent, you know, and so I would say to the mom, very honestly, the other mom, I said, "Are they? Which way do you think they're going here?" <laughs> you know, and he was the most wonderful guy. I just have mm. to. Mm -hmm. I'm always happy to sing his praises. You know, he was a handsome guy. He was a smart guy. His father's a doctor. He was the best thing about Jake was he was extremely kind, mm -hmm. and he really wanted Anna's happiness over his own. He is a remarkable yeah. guy. Wow. So it wasn't like it was a guy. That's the other thing. Oh, did she have bad relationships? So mm. then you run to the convent. Right. Because she probably had a bad boyfriend. I mean, but who's running to the convent these yeah, days? Like, this true. is just not, <laughs> well, that's true. right? This is just not a common that's thing. True. That is, no, not at all. <laughs> so, um, but anyway, so the, what I what I learned from Anna, which I thought was the most beautiful thing to share about this, at one point, um, when she did go to college then, and she ended up breaking up with him, I did very candidly say, you know, now you had this boyfriend, you're breaking up. We all loved him at that point. Mm -hmm. You know, we really all loved him. And I said, um, you know, so you're letting this go, you know, this is what you want to do. And she said, Mom, I feel that God brought me the best guy on the planet mm -hmm. so I would be sure. 
Oh. Wow. wow. So it was the opposite of what the stereotype is. Like, yeah. you know, the Lord did. Here's Jake. Yeah. So if you really are not finding yourself that you want a life with him, then let that validate that I'm calling you. Oh, wow. And and I feel I, I saw that unfold. And yeah. I said, well, how can you argue that? That is true. Yeah. And then from the time that she had to, you know, part company and then start discerning in college, um, which I respected that she didn't just string him along. And then, yeah. you know, she, she really cared for him. Mm-hmm. And um, she said, Mom, I've prayed every day for him to find love in his life. And years later, at the same time she was becoming Sister Claire, I met his parents and he was engaged. And I said, oh, "Oh, who is this girl? Do I know her? And they said, no, you don't know her. Her name is Claire. You're (laughs) kidding me. That's crazy. I was going to say that as a joke. Was her name Claire? Yes. Spelled the same way, C-L-A-R-E. Oh, my goodness. And so, uh, again, I think God looks down at me to help me through this and says, what part of (laughs) this is not fitting in that you don't understand, that this is the right thing for her life? Yeah. Yeah. So that was beautiful. Wow. And um, and then, but she was in Franciscan, and that's where the seed just took off in Franciscan. And she, we thought she was going to be a sister of life. Mm Mm-hmm. When she went to Franciscan uh, University, she met these Franciscan sisters who were her teachers, who were her students in the classroom. And there, um, everybody has a, um, not charism, what is there? Yeah. You know, every every order has, you know, life. Mm-hmm. Blah, blah. Yeah. And they have a variety of things. They These sisters, um, they're all professional women. They're, they've had doctors, they're pharmacists, they're lawyers teachers, nurses, mm-hmm. um, and they run a daycare, they run an elder care, they're attached to a hospital, mm-hmm. they're in high schools. So I think this was very appealing yeah. as much as she adored the Sisters of Life and she herself thought she was going to join that yeah. order once she, you know, and as someone mm-hmm. explained to me, as people keep saying, why that order? Right. And it would be like you and I, Alexandra, why our husbands? Right, right. There's plenty of nice men out there. Why mm-hmm. did you choose yours? Why did I choose mine? Same thing that I'm understanding now with an orders. It, it's just something you just feel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You just know. You just know. And, and there's plenty of wonderful orders. But mm-hmm. this is, and the Sisters of Life, like I said, we thought she yeah. was gone. So then she ended up, and, it, and it's been a great fit ever since. Right. So... When she was in high school, did you have a sense that she might have a vocation or might be discerning at that well, point? What point did she say to you, like, Mom, I'm discerning It was religious not, life? Well, I wasn't because I was just thinking she and Jake would run every youth club religious thing in mm-hmm. the future, you know, yeah. would be doing. I really didn't, Alexandra, yeah. until she went to college. And that's where I give credit to that Franciscan University. Yeah, They really fostered. It's the type of college where... Um, you know, if you, if you have that feeling, there's room for you there to be, to explore that. Mm-hmm. So it, it went, and then once she, you know, told Jake, that was the reason we really, it was more that because she broke up with him then yeah, that then we knew. Right. Yeah. Right. And then when to go, that was the other thing. Then when mm-hmm. you're called to go and mm-hmm. we really did say to her, she, Anna's very, very academically bright. And she only had three years of cognitive of grad. She went in as a sophomore. Mm-hmm. So we thought, so she was only in college two years. And we said, just stick around another year. Right. <laughs> and um, 
but she said I'm, I'm called to go so she even went early and she will go back to school to finish that degree okay yeah so going early um it's especially while she was in college i'm sure she must have gotten a lot of uh, oh but you're so young was that was that something that she faced a lot you know people sort of because um I can attest to that myself. Mm -hmm. I think our culture, everyone has this idea that it takes so long to figure out who you want to be and how you're going to be that person. And so you should just go and sort of not really commit to anything, but just sort of uh, follow whatever feels good in the moment right. for a long time. And eventually you'll come to a decision. Mm -hmm. um, did she face a lot of that sort of, oh, but you're you're too young. How could you possibly know? I said that to her. No. Oh, you did? No. <laughs> no, no, no. No, we really did think you're going to be a nun, hopefully, please God, you know, 50, 60, or however many years you're going to be one. So why don't you just wait the one year? Yeah. But mm. again, you know, when you're called, you're called. This when is what know, I've learned. Know. Like yeah. she prayed, you know, she prayed a lot about it. You mm. know, she had spiritual advisors helping her. And, and there's, yeah, and it ended up being the right thing for her because she's not sure what exactly she'll do for the order. She was almost to a communications degree. Mm -hmm. But then she said, I want to see, because as a family, they sit down. That's the other thing. They don't yeah. just say, you're going to do this. They don't make them, you know. Mm -hmm. And they sit down as a family, and they say, what does the order need? What are your mm -hmm. interests? Right. And then you, you know, if you, if you come in as a nurse, clearly you're going to be a nurse. Mm -hmm. Come in as a doctor, pharmacist, you know. You, you then follow that if you want to do it. But if you're like Anna, just a little bit short of a degree, then they'll say, what do you want to do? And I mean, that's a nice thing yeah. too. Mm. Right. I, I like what you just mentioned there, that as a family, right? The, a family. the beauty of a religious community that then really they, they are a family. They, they really, they, um, they get to know each other so intimately. Um, I think we in the diocesan priesthood could learn so much from that. Not that we should try to become a religious community unto ourselves. It's not our vocation, but in the sense that um, really taking the time and effort to, to, to know and to love one another and build each other up. And, and how can I help you grow as a person? And how can you, um, as you grow, help the rest of your community? Right. Um, so I wonder... For you and Jim, was it ever, has it ever been difficult? Uh, you know, it's a very beautiful thing, but at the same time, have you ever felt like, you know, um, maybe they don't know what's best for her or, or uh, they don't, they haven't known her like we have, she's yeah. our daughter, you know. Yeah. Um, no, I can't Not to say. put words in your mouth. No, no, but. I can't, I actually can't say. Uh, the, the mother of this order, her name is Mother Maximilia, and I was telling you earlier, mm -hmm. Alexandra, rock star. Yeah. She is um, probably a woman in her you know, late 40s, canon lawyer, oh, wow. um, the most beautiful, devout, humble, holy woman. And no, I, I, I really didn't. I know yeah. that I, I, that was not one of my, my things. My, mm -hmm. my problem, I don't want to say problem, my um, journey with this and my sacrifice with this has just been there. Um, the, the rules that they live by as a community and the way we fit into it. Mm -hmm. Again, every order, there are orders that our own sisters here, they go home for holidays yeah. after they're with their family. And you know, Alexandra, yeah. too, you know, you celebrate with your own family, but then maybe you go to your husband's family the right. day after. This is all, again, it's so similar to a marriage with in-laws right. and all of this. So different orders. 
this particular order, people say to me, oh, you don't see her much. Is it cloistered? Cloisters? No, it's not cloistered. There's right. that also. But they are only allowed home every two years. Mm-hmm. This will be the year. So we were saying, who who mm-hmm. says that? Oh, yeah. this is the year you say. But but every two, but we do get to see that her in the spring and the fall. We can travel out for a weekend. Mm-hmm. She comes home. But my thing was um, that that was that's just the hardest part of it. I know. Yeah. And and so they're out in the community. They're doing things. They are living as a family. But yet, this is the hard part. We will not have holidays with her. Right. We will not have birthdays with her. So there is definitely the other side as a parent. Mm-hmm. And um, like I always say, when you see your child so happy, you put your, the many people have said many things to me, of mm-hmm. course, and most have been great. But, you know, the big thing is how can you let her do that? Mm-hmm. And there are sisters that, that Anna has shared with me that their parents have said, well, you do this and that's the end wow. because yeah. we, this is really going to hurt the family. We would never be that family. Right. And you put yourself above your, for your children. You, you would do anything for your children, even not see them, yeah. even, you know, your own, your own loss, yeah. so to speak. Right. So um, that, is, that is the other side. So yeah. there's the side. But the Lord, again, I think he looks at me and he's always saying, this woman, if I, how much validation do I have to give her <laughs> so she can stay afloat? And the grace is like we were saying, like, for example, Alex, um, the twin, that's very hard for Alex. She was saying, how does the family, Yeah. you know, for my daughter, Grace, this was her older sister. Now you're in your teen years and Anna's gone. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and Rosemary, your younger sister, it, it's all, everybody has their journey with this. My husband, you know, super bonded yeah. with Anna, yeah. you know, to be the dad and have, you know, it's, oh, we all have our own thing. Right. So, um, but with Alex, he as when he was really sad, and as when Anna left, she kept saying, "You know, I've been praying for you." And then all of a sudden, well, not all of a sudden, meant to be mm-hmm. providential. Her favorite word is yeah. providential. <laughs> so Good word. providentially, at the time this was happening, uh, Alex met this wonderful woman, Angela. Mm-hmm. They started dating. Anna left. It was very hard for Alex, and um, she said, uh, <coughs> "Alex." Do you think this is coincidence that Angela has come into your life? Her name means angel. I've been praying. Mm-hmm. And Alex just got engaged to Angela at Christmas yeah. time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, there's that. Mm-hmm. And um, there's just many things that have come out of, the, you know, the, the grace of this vocation that I truly believe. Yeah. You know. Yeah. That's beautiful. Yeah. You know, uh, what strikes me about that and, Perhaps after this, maybe we'll we'll take a break then okay. um, before we continue our great conversation here. But I I, uh, I can't help but think of the words of Simeon, right? As you describe the 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 suffering that is involved for the rest of you, but especially you as Anna's mother, um, when we talk about someone with a religious vocation, you know, we focus so much on that person, and well, rightly so, it's that right. person's vocation. But the rest of the family and indeed the rest of the community feels this right and um and there is that that element of suffering for you and uh the sac- watching the sacrifice of your child and i can't help but think of those words of simeon right when mary and joseph brought jesus to the temple to present him according 
to the law of Moses. And they're greeted by Simeon, the wise man who he's there. He's filled with the Holy Spirit. Though certainly he wouldn't yet have had those terms. He wouldn't have known to say the Holy Spirit, but that's who it was. He was filled with the Spirit. He, Scripture says he came to the temple in the Spirit, and he had been told by God, uh, you will not see death until you meet your Messiah. And he sees the baby Jesus, and he, he proclaims this great news. This is the Savior, as I'm sure the rest of the parish and, and family and school and everyone would say, what a beautiful thing your your daughter's vocation is. But then Simeon says to Mary, after predicting the sacrifices of her son, right, that he will be destined for the fall and rise of many, and he turns to Mary and he says, and you, a sword shall pierce your heart also. Mm. That How true that was then. Mary had to stand there and watch the suffering of her son, the sacrifice that he would make. Uh, now, we know that leads to our resurrection that leads to glory to great joy it doesn't take away the pain so um i guess my point is i'm just in such awe i have such respect for you and and i'm so grateful to you that not that it's in the end up to you whether or not anna becomes sister claire right it's i think we'd all agree it's not but you have supported her and in doing so you stand there at the foot of the cross, knowing my child will have to make great sacrifices and that will cause me pain to watch that that take place. But thanks be to God, though. What a great joy it leads to. The the vocation leads to such joy. Yeah. it's. I was As I was saying to you before, I only met Sister Claire twice, but but I can say, my gosh, I love her. She's just so great. You know, I mean. That's another thing I say about joy, because I believe it was Bishop Sheen who said. Oh, that's. I believe. Is that okay? Not okay. No, no. This is his. This is his fan club. Oh, good. Just hold that thought. We'll hold that. We'll start with that when we come back. Okay. So sorry for the abrupt ending of this interview. We were going long on time, and we know we had a lot of great things we wanted to talk about with Cynthia. She brought up Bishop Sheen at the end of this interview. We're going to pick up right where we left off in episode 11. So stay tuned to find out what she has to say about Bishop Sheen and to answer a couple more questions with us. In the meantime, make sure you subscribe so that you hear that episode as soon as it's live. And again, if you have any questions at all, send them our way. And we're excited to record more questions and answers in upcoming episodes. Talk to you soon. Breadbox Media Programming is brought to you by A few minutes each day can change your life during Lent. Ave Maria Press offers booklets for daily devotion, reflection, and more from such best-selling authors as Gary Zemak, Greg Kandra, Father Michael White, and Tom Corcoran, and so many more. Looking for Stations of the Cross booklets or books that are perfect for small groups? We have those too. Head over to AveMariaPress.com and use code LENT20 to get 20% off your order today. Looking for exceptional coffee delivered fresh to your door? We have the answer. Our friends at Grim Bean Coffee produce small batch artisan coffee using top tier coffee beans. The coffee is roasted when you order guaranteeing the freshest coffee possible. Check out Breadbox Roasts, a new line of Catholic-themed coffees available at www 
www.grimbeancoffee.com forward slash Redbox Media. Experience coffee like never before.